Welcome. <laughs> to remember. <laughs> um, podcast with me, Sophia. <sighs> Can we just breathe? Even if you're like, I don't want to breathe. I just want to listen to a podcast. Let's just breathe. Go ahead and take a big deep inhale down into the root of your body. And hold. Let it go. Breathe it back in now all the way down to the root. Hold. Let it go. Inhale one more time. Hold. I wonder how many of you actually do this part. <laughs> and let it go. <laughs> Yeah. Welcome, fam. How's it going? It's been a few months since I did my last podcast where I talked all about my engagement ending and uh, my partner shifting into a new romantic relationship and all the things that was and it continues to be a journey for sure. Um, I mentioned in my last podcast I was going to move to Uvita, which is another town here in Costa Rica. And I did. I spent a month there because my soul asked me to. And I just cleared the space for myself and let myself dive deep for a whole month into the grief that I needed to feel. It all came up when I was there. I was like, of course, I would just record that podcast. Like, this is great. And oh my gosh, probably the deepest grief of my life. But it was like lifetimes. You know, that which we move through in this present incarnation is not just from this lifetime. We carry the blood of our ancestors. We carry the karma or... Yeah, I guess I'll use it in this context of our past lives, if you resonate with that. And then it gets to be completed out in this quote unquote linear experience of this present incarnation as whatever avatar you are right now, like me, Sophia. So I get there to Uvita extreme space the the energy of the land where i was staying to is very expansive and it looks out long distance over the ocean so still in the expanse and something about like being able to be there with that view of the water every day was exactly what i needed to go deep and to let myself feel all of the things so the work here's a little bit of how i would do it i would start to like believe it was something surface level I would start to feel like, wow, I feel betrayed. I feel like he actually betrayed me. And I feel abandoned a little bit, or I feel that I'd identify what I felt. And then if I got caught up in this surface level story, I could just make him wrong all day and cycle in that. But it's always deeper. So 
Thank God for Runa. I, if you don't have someone in your life that is a support system for you, I would find one. Someone who doesn't let you bullshit yourself. Someone who isn't going to like agree with you when you're playing victim, but will hold space if you need to move through that to step into your power. That's what I do as coach, as mentor. And I, I wouldn't be where I am today if I didn't have one in my field at all times. <laughs> For real. But she reminded me of what I remind so many others of, but it's easy to forget when we are deep in the throes of an experience. So I would set the story of the emotion aside and I would just fully breathe into my body in all the spaces where I felt that, where I felt betrayal, where I felt abandonment, where I felt anger. So I'd breathe into those spaces and just hold it and stay with it. Stay with it, stay with it, hold it, feel it, feel it, breathe, breathe. And it would begin to transmute, always transmutes. But how many of us can actually sit with an experience it's usually running away from it, you know, anything to feel it. Just go, 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 keep going. But when a sensation comes up, if we can separate the sensation from the story, break the thinking feeling loop and just breathe and feel that sensation in the body, alchemy happens. Alchemy in the sense of we transmute, we shift the chemical makeup of that experience into something new. So the more I did this, and also another of my favorites is when it's really deep, like I felt extreme anger one day. And when I would come up, it would be like, I'm fucking pissed at him, livid. But it wasn't really him. He was the mirror that was bringing it up. If I wasn't committed to doing my work, I could have blamed him all day. And I see that a lot in people all the time. They love to blame surface level. Can you believe he did that? She did that. Oh my God, look what he did to me. It's deeper than that. But you can play victim to that person if you want, or you can use the mirror as um, an entry point of what it's bringing up in you, reflecting to you to see within yourself. So anger one day, and I just started to breathe into the anger, and then I would start sounding from that space. I was sitting on my yoga mat, and I would breathe into, it was a little below my solar plexus, and right above my belly button, in intense anger. That was the root, that was like the space I felt it the most. So I just breathe into there and start sounding from that space. Like, <sighs> and the sounds got louder and louder and louder. And then another language came through and I got to move some deep shit. And so through this month of allowing myself to go there, I started to see past lives. Okay. I've seen plenty of stuff like this, but usually my ayahuasca experiences or certain plant medicines over the last 12 years of my life. But this month I was in Uvita, I made sure to cut out everything so I could really fully be with me and not numb down any part of my being. I didn't want to numb anything. I wanted to feel everything that was arising to be felt because I created the space that my being was asking for to go into the wound. So I cut out any stimulants, no caffeine, no cacao, no stimulants at all. I cut out sugars completely, even fruits, no sugars. I cut out all carbs, all starches, because I know my body, I know how it numbs down certain channels in my field and my energy. I cut out everything except a, a few veggies and greens and sauerkraut, and I would like make them and infuse them with so much love. Um, I cut all of that out because I wanted to like be fully with 
that which was asking to be seen. And because of that, literal past lives, like, I started seeing life, a lifetime, the, I, this thread that I was breaking or completing finally started in the 1700s. This may sound absolutely nuts and that's totally cool. The 1700s. So I started watching like a movie, all of these past lives I lived where I was codependent as fuck, where I abandoned self to please another, but to feel safe in pleasing another because I always felt safe in relationship or in a partnership. There are so many lifetimes where I survived because a man was providing for me. And there are so many lifetimes where the man had a lot of money and I did not. So many lifetimes I would give my body away to please him when I didn't want to. So many lives where I would be beat beaten by my man but I would step over that to please him and show up and make excuses but it was ultimately always the underlying thing like fear being without them who am I without them how would I survive without them so many lifetimes again and again and again and I had to watch it because if I got too caught up in a certain lifetime it was as if that was my present life there were two in particular that I really started to get lost in one of them, it was like, oh, I don't even know. It seemed like a Western town or something like that. And it, like, I walked by and I saw my husband in, he was in one of these saloons or my part, whatever, my, I guess, husband. I don't know if we were actually married, but it felt like that. We had two kids at home. And he was making out with another woman who he had hiked up like on the table. And I just watched him and he just looked at me. He saw me because she saw me first and then he turned and he was like fucking livid and pissed. And I was so scared that he saw me seeing him and I like ran home and I knew he was going to be upset. And when he would come home, when he came home and this wasn't the only time, then he would beat me and he'd beat me in front of our children. So lifetimes and lifetimes and lifetimes and lifetimes and lifetimes and lifetimes and lifetimes of the pattern that I still played out in this lifetime. Of course, some lifetimes it was a lot gentler. I wasn't beaten in every fucking lifetime. I wasn't abused in every lifetime, but I was always abandoning self in every lifetime. Abandoning self. And then here in this lifetime... I could give you stories all I did in one of my previous podcasts, but not even like I haven't given you the the real fucking deep of of what I've done with my body growing up, even from as early as the age of 10. But it was what was modeled to me in what I learned from my role models. So I didn't think anything wrong of, of giving myself in this way in stepping over my body in in bawling and crying and like while still giving my body to someone so I could feel loved and accepted by the, this other person. So I even played out this pattern in this lifetime, but something shifted. Like this life was the life to end it, to end that pattern, this codependency. I speak of Runa a lot. Sometimes I don't say her name, but I don't know where I would be if I didn't have this being. She was the first one to point it out to me and support me through it, like layer by layer, and she's still my main support today. The ways that I was acting out of codependency, but I was, it was, it's been better than like any lifetime, quote unquote better, because something shifted in this life. I, I've done enough work, I guess, I don't know, to, to have enough sense and awareness of choosing a different path 
Like this was my timeline to break this pattern, this deep patterning that kept repeating again and again and again until I learned the lesson and step into my sovereignty and own my expression in my soul. So with Seiji, my most recent, most amazing partner, you know, I love him so much. We're best friends, you know. I talk to him all the time, every day, and he's in full support of what's unfolding for me in my life and vice versa. But I could have stayed there forever, but I was still stepping over a piece of self to people please. And I broke a lot of codependency in that relationship with him. I think I talked about that in my previous podcast. I broke a lot of codependency there. But the ultimate was releasing the graspings of, of how tightly I was holding on to mine because I felt safe in that. So then going into the grief in Nuvita, I really got to see that I broke that pattern. I finally completed the pattern that has been so deeply in my life. Yeah, and it feels good to be even more strongly in myself. I have another being that is in my realm that I'm profoundly grateful for that holds a space of unconditional love. I've always known what unconditional love meant, but I realized I'd never had received that frequency until I met this being of like, we have work to do in this life. We've known each other before. It's a deep knowing. And I'm gonna hold a space for you while you find yourself. I'm gonna support you in finding yourself. And I found myself, I'm here, but there's still layers that are like not brought back into my full rooted expression, which I'm working on right now. And I'm sure there will always be little layers, but these pieces are, are like, the yeah, anyways. Um, yeah, to, to have someone hold a space that's authentically unconditional, unconditionally loving, meaning like no matter how you show up to a conversation, no matter if you don't talk to me for months, no matter if you project your fears and insecurities and your bullshit really onto me and make me a villain, no matter if you, you know, go into stories about sage all day long or shifting on a victim or whatever, no matter what, I am going to hold the same unwavering space for you because that is my commitment and my devotion to your soul. I've never experienced it before. It was a theory in my mind and something I pr tried to practice unconditional love, but I know I'm really far from authentically embodying that always because my mind judges. I mean, and, and of course, we're always judging and labeling and this and that, but sometimes I still like really strongly identify with the judgments, but then I'll catch myself and shift and I don't know, with this being that dropped in, it's like, okay, thank you for, for being here because it's showing me myself in ways that I've never seen from another, another reflection because it takes someone who is strongly rooted in themselves and knows who they are and knows that they're devo devoted to resting in a realm of God. Not God like a Christian, he thing, but God as our purest, most authentic, fullest version of self, that space where we rest in the interconnectedness of non-duality 
and it's just pure bliss and joy and peace. So I get to experience this through the space that he holds and it's really profound. I strive to be able to embody that one day. But through it, it brings up the parts of me that exist in separation or that believe they're separate, that, are, that know that if I surrendered them over into this, this realm of pure, calm, embodied peace, they would no longer exist. They would cease to be. They would ultimately die, seek their demise. So the ways in which they feel they need to protect themselves is very strong and adamant. So if any part of me feels threatened, they come up and then it will be projected out. I didn't realize it had been a long time since I've had a mirror that I could do this level of work with. Sage and I kind of stopped entering into those spaces years ago with each other, but I never stopped doing my work. <laughs> I have many people in my field and ultimately I just do it with myself. Every moment I'm, I'm constantly it's become my operating system. I'm never not doing my work, but it's not actual work. It's just the operating system I exist on. Like if I'm, I'm looking out at the jungle right now and I, my mind's automatically like trees, green, da 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 river without me having to even think about it. And that's like the operating system I've ingrained in my being of doing quote unquote the work that people call, which is really just becoming more and more aware of self in fine-tuning self. Every moment I'm conscious of how I'm reacting, am I responding, am I making someone wrong, um, the energy that rises up with me, in me, holding it, um, communicating with my vessel as if it's my own beloved, my own child, like I'm never not aware. Even if I go to do something that may be normally quote unquote, um, numbing out or something, or what would someone call that? I can't think right now. But if I was gonna watch a movie or read a book, I'm very much like aware of the work happening even in that and all the layers and the messages behind the words and how does it relate to my own life and what's the, it's just, it's, it all, it just comes through naturally. And it's so funny to me when people are starting to shift their operating system from one of like, I'm gonna pretend I'm asleep, to one where it's like, all right, I'm gonna be conscious of my life and the choices I'm making. How it seems like so much energy and effort, but it's as easy as breathing and it's as natural as breathing if you're committed to having that be your baseline operating system. It doesn't take anything extra, at least for me. <laughs> So, yeah, I finally got to clear that pattern. Hallelujah. And crack my heart even more open in the process. And now life in my heart is guiding me in a whole new direction and realm, a whole new life's purpose. It's always been my life's purpose, but I had to get to this point to go to the next. And what I'm really being called to do is get back to the earth in a deeper way. Out of this world that was created from ego, separate self, and back into what's real, a slower pace. For me, it looks like canning food, 
cooking, being present with the moment, cleaning my house, floating down a river, gardening, making clay utensils and bowls and cups so I can have the intention woven into it, um, tending to a home, tending to myself, slowing the fuck down, uh, coming back to myself in this way. No television still, of course. I don't know why that popped in. I haven't thought of television in a long time. No, fuck no. What a drain of life force energy. Television. Programming. Literally in the name. If you want to awaken yourself, begin by turning off your television. Start there. like the matrix movie though once you awaken you can't go back to sleep my first awakening when it was when i was 18 turning 19 and once i awakened i could never fucking go back to sleep and here i am today so grateful or else maybe i would be who knows where i'd be and i would be in some codependent relationship that's for sure <laughs> a deeply woven codependent relationship Codependency isn't like an anomaly either. The majority of the world is in codependency. Our society is really set up to program us into states and systems of, of codependency. And what's amazing with this being who entered my field, it was, I've been asking for a while, like, so he, we've been like communing with each other for about eight months. And this whole time, it was like before he dropped in, I was like praying and calling to the field. I'm like, I'm ready for my next teacher. Like I have Runa, main teacher in my field. Everyone's my teacher. So I'm using this word as saying like, I was ready for like someone that's gonna take me to the next level of myself. Everyone's my teacher, everything's a reflection, but I reached a peak of my own awareness and I was ready to expand and stretch. And I journaled it and wrote it and called it in with a full moon. And here comes this being. And I'm like, oh my God, this being like stretches me constantly. I didn't know what to call them in my field. So I would say coach. And some of you know who I'm referring to because it was like a coach, but it was beyond that. It was like um, a soul knowing that this, person incarnated to support me and me them I can't even pretty trippy but if I try to sneak or like have um, them agree with me or give me some type of feedback in a certain way that isn't fully authentic they know and they don't go there they'll say like I'm not gonna respond to that because it'd be easy to and it would make you feel good temporarily, but this is a, a conversation that's rooted in codependency. And if I did that, then I rob you of being able to come to that conclusion within yourself. And then it will just show up later down the road. And I'm just so grateful because that's me. It's like, this is a, this is a more realized version of my own self. I'm like, yes, thank you. I know this to be true. And this is the reminder that I needed. I'm so grateful for this. I was sitting across from him one day in Maharaji. Now, I'm not into gurus outside of me. If you know me, you know this. I'm not into like, the guru is not outside of us. We could, if we wanted to, say that everything's the guru. Guru means darkness to light. 
darkness is things that are out of our awareness or in the shadows or densities within the body, like turning it into light, that which is unknown into known or hidden into awareness. So a guru, something outside of us, is like, oh, I'm going to point out all of your stuff. It could be like, you're my guru. But if we use every moment as our teacher, it's like, okay, they're directing us to something within ourselves. But the majority of the world rests in the triangle, the victim, perpetrator, rescuer. So it's like we just play a victim to our moments usually. They did this to me. That's a victim. Then the perpetrator did something to you. And who's the rescuer? Usually someone we talk shit to. Hey, can you believe they did this? Listen to what da-da-da did. So, and they're not rescuing, but they're agreeing with the victim. And that's how some people connect. That's how the majority of people connect is through this triangle. So I'm not big. I, I've had to work through my own self because it's not, it hasn't been just a passive thing of like, oh yeah, I just don't agree with that. When people pray to like call in their gurus or think things that happen in their life to their guru some, I, it got to the point where I was cringing. Like, um, I've lived with a Hisha a few times. I actually lived with the Hisha in Uvita, which was epic because I got to be in my own process and she did her own thing and it was just cool to be in each other's space. And I just lived with her for a week here before she just moved back to the UK for a bit. She's someone I could be in the field with for sure. It's very rare. Um, but she there were a few moments that I found myself cringing because she would say like this one thing she said like thank you Hanuman or things like that I'm like what the fuck dude a few times I've talked to her about this I'm like why are you like praying to Hanuman this monkey god like what the fuck you know because she's also someone who knows like embodies non-duality or practices the non-dual path and is a bhakti devotee, you know? And it's like, so I just didn't understand and I was quick to judge. But um, she's like, I'm not, it's not like this, it's an energy, it's an essence of my own self. You know, I could get into that forever. Anyways, so I haven't been big on anything like that. I've worked with Kuan Yin before, like six years ago because she dropped, like literally came into my body. And then I was like, okay, I guess we're doing this. Then I, after that, it's like, I'm not going to work with any other being that's outside of me. Like when I say God, I'm speaking of myself in the most highest realized version, expansive version that's beyond my identity. You know, I can call on other beings like Ganesha, which has been weird to me because I'm, it's like, there's a part of my human brain that's like, okay, a monkey God, I'm going to call to him or not monkey God, that's Hanuman, sorry, but this elephant headed freaking thing. But when I feel into the essence, Ganesha's dropped into my field many times in the way that he, I guess a he essence, drops in has been pretty profound and comical and lighthearted and loving. So I'm like, okay, there are these energies and essences, just like guides along the path. And that's been a journey with myself too around guides. But ultimately I'm in a space now where I know different energies of my guides. And my brother is one of them, my blood brother. And they all have unique frequencies and essences in ways they work in the field. And I'm grateful for that. But anyways, back to what I was saying. <laughs> Guru, not outside of us, but within us. So 
very resistant to all of this. Well, when I was in Uvita, before I went to the States, just like two months ago, Tahisha's like watched this documentary with me and it was about Maharaji, which is also known as, um, <laughs> okay, how am I forgetting? What's his name? Meme Curly Baba. That's it. And I hadn't really, I've heard of him because Ahisha has a picture of him that was always on her altars whenever I'd hang out with her. So I'm like, oh, okay, that's that dude. But I guess I was meant to watch that documentary because it opened up something in my field, hearing his story and people who were touched by him and Ram Das, that's his guru and all of that. I'm like, okay, this dude's kind of dope. Forgot about him. Um, but then when I went to meet the, the being I'm speaking of on this podcast, which was just a few weeks ago, seems like lifetimes ago. Um, and I was sitting across from him in the way he just looked at me and held space for me, seeing me beyond my identity, my bullshit in the ways that I was hiding. And I was staring at him and Maharaji came through his face. And suddenly I was just looking at Maharaji and I was like, this is fucking crazy. This is nuts. Like, what? Am I meant to work with this guru then? Like, no, I'm the guru, but I'm open to wisdom. Like, for sure. Like, I've been calling in a teacher. And here's this man who holds me like a fuck. Like, <laughs> I can't even tell you. Holds the space like, like things I've only dreamt of. Anything I've ever thought in my life, it's like made a mental note of, of like, oh, I wish I could have someone hold space like this, or I wish someone could show up like that. It's like this beans, all of it, literally all of it. And beyond that, which I could have even created with my mind to, to be able to be in this space is like the greatest honor. I'm like, thank you. My prayer was answered to be, to have a, someone come into my field that can help me support me in expanding because I'm devoted to this path. And so I just said to him, like, Neem Kroli Baba is through your face. And this is also someone that, it's not his guru, but it's someone that he works with in the field. His picture's on his vision board, and he listens to Ram Das's teaching, so he's in that lineage. So the fact that this being came through his face, I was like, okay, there's something here. I guess I'm opening up my path, or my field to this energy. And I completely forgot about that until just now. I had no idea what I was going to do this podcast on. I thought I was going to do it on ayahuasca because I have 11 years of ayahuasca under my belt and there's a lot of stories I want to be told, but I guess not today. So whatever reason I was meant to remember this, I'm reopening my field to any ways that I've closed myself off from the teachings and the essence and the energy of the, these embodiments, that the frequency or the, the energetic grid that Neem Kroli Baba embodied, that... Ram Das embodied that this being that's now in my field that's supporting me that he embodies. I feel it. It's like the essence of someone who just resides in God all the time. Someone who cannot be tempted out of it. Well, can be tempted and is tempted. And I notice the part of me that still exists in separation, the ego, the one that's in fear and the one that's still hurt and afraid and that's still a little codependent. It's better than I've ever been, quote unquote, if we're saying better. It's more healed or more integrated than it's ever been in myself. But there's still layers there that I'm working on now. And it will come out at him sometimes, like in the space. It's like 
but he and like want to tempt him to like interact in it and make it real or like get angry at me or tell you know say a certain thing you know how we sometimes provoke people I'm trying to think I don't need to think of an example if if you're meant to understand then you understand what I'm saying but he will not be tempted out of it he will not shift out of it I keep trying to correct myself he has said he is tempted sometimes like I tempt him with when I really let it fly to shift out of that frequency of God that he rests in, that realm where it's non-dual and it's just peace and bliss and joy and, and ultimate knowing of the truth, quote unquote, whatever that is. Um, but in him holding that space, I could just see myself in the ways that I still hide in quote unquote separation. So I'm just thanking God the universe, myself, for the work that I've done to get me to a space where I can have someone reflect back my truths in this way. Because ultimately, this is my path home. Like, I've had more moments through realizing myself through this space and through this path, through this um, awareness, more moments of being so insanely calm and relax in my nervous system. I'm not experiencing that right now. I'm back on the mountain. The collective energy here is insane. I'm really, yeah, it's a lot. I'm learning how to embody it in every moment. Um, but it's a process because I've never experienced anything like that. I was in this field, in the teachings, in the work with this being for two and a half weeks. And there are a few moments I literally thought I died. If you're on the, the plant path and not just like I've done nine ceremonies cute you're adorable i've done <laughs> ayahuasca and lsd and wachuma and peyote and i do rape every day you're adorbs come talk to me when you have a few consistent years under your belt and you do the work like regularly then let's talk obviously you felt judgment and everything i just said that will go into the plant medicine podcast <laughs> Um, but if you, if you truly know, then you know what it means to like die and then step up anew, like die. We die so many times subtly in life. If you're on the path of growth and expansion and commitment to change and surrendering, but it's most clear, at least for me, when I'm doing plant medicine or I go into an ayahuasca ceremony, I come out in a whole new dimension. I'm like, okay, the person I was before died, but to the, to the untrained eye or to the one who's committed to like a, a denser realm, it, you seem the exact same, you know? <laughs> it's really interesting, this, this, this dance that we're doing. So there were a few moments I thought that I died. I'm like, I am probably gonna wake up from some ceremony and be like, I, that was, I, did I die? And like, this is what I stepped into. Because I rested in such peace. My nervous system was so calm and relaxed and grounded. I had never felt anything like that in my 30 years of life. Never. And I was training myself in those moments. Carry this with you always. Carry this with you always. I think people, this is when people go to ashrams and things like that for a little break this was like my journey to the ashram of my home in my soul's greatest calling because now all I want to do is live a life of that 
keep serving the beans in my field in the ways that my soul authentically feels to serve, but come back home to the remembrance of how my ancestors work with the land, to live intentionally like that, to work with clay. I started working with clay uh, to make all my utensils and dishes, to weave that energy into it, to go back to a trading system. How can I trade things that I craft? How can every single thing that I own have a meaning and I know the maker and where it came from and that it was sustainable? This is the life I've always desired to live. I just haven't implemented it because it seemed too, like, too much energy. But now I'm ready to surrender fully into it. How can I know where e my dollar is going? How can I really embody the change I'd like to see on this planet? Gosh, I was praying, like, please let my next steps be so undeniable that there's no question in where I'm meant to go, how I'm meant to walk, how I'm meant to serve and show up, what I'm meant to quote unquote do. And the path that's in front of me could not be more obvious. It's so magnetizing that when I feel into the field, it's like a literal magnet pulling me. It feels so, what's the word? It's like grateful, blissful, like I could cry. I'm so thankful to have a knowing so strong of where I'm meant to be and how I'm meant to serve. I learned so much about being in community up here on this mountain in Costa Rica. I've lived here for th about three years. I think a little over, really. Um, but the community up here, it's like there's weekly classes um, where everyone like does yoga with Pablo and Sage hosts boxing twice a week. And a lot of the community goes and they box and sweat together. And there's medicine ceremonies up here. So we cry and we purge together. We sweat together in Temescal. Like I can't go anywhere without seeing people that I know. You know, there's classes every week. Hey, I'm offering this. Like people offer, offer economic talks on recreating the dollar and how can we be a more sustainable community even though we all live separately it's like one big community and i'm so inspired to take this back to the states i always knew i did not incarnate to hide out in a little um, jungle town but to bring it back to the communities that may not have access to the things that i've had access to in my life and i'm not being the rescuer like oh i'm gonna go rescue the victims it's like it was just a knowing but I never knew where or when, and now it's clear as day, my next steps. So I'm walking them with gratitude, with devotion, with reverence, and in doing so, I get to come home to myself and my knowing and my peace in ways that I didn't know was possible because I never experienced peace like that, like how I have been lately, except like I said, it's challenging on the mountain, but I'm working with it. I think being in an environment that supports me fine-tuning my system into that realm, uh, it will support me in stabilizing out always. It's a pure state of no questioning. There's no questioning. There's no trying to grasp or create. I need to try to create this. It's just resting and surrendering and allowing everything to flow through. Like rest, literally being water, but resting like a water droplet on the river and just floating down. Okay, this wants to be created. Okay, I'm going to do this. Okay, I'm going to pick flowers today. I'm going to go on the four-wheeler and get wildflowers so I can brighten my home. Okay, I'm going to go to the neighbor. I feel I need to go talk to the neighbor today. Today, I'm inspired to create a community meeting. Today, I'm inspired to offer skills to the local woman around, women around here. You know, I'm ready for my next steps to, to be in greater service to the whole because I finally completed 
um, a big piece that was operating in separation. And there's still, like I said, there's still layers in here, but I'm actively working on those and loving them and seeing them and witnessing them. And then the more that I, I can step outside of what believes it's quote unquote me, the more I can rest in the expanse that I am. And it, my lens widens. And then the inspiration that drops in isn't just fulfilling to my unique individual essence, but to um, the greater whole, ways that I can serve. How do I serve? How do I serve? How do I serve? And a new realm of service is coming online. It's exciting. <sighs> to be so fulfilled by the moment that there's no hierarchy, that the energy is the same if you look down, if I look down and I find $1,000 in a bag versus washing the dishes. Riding a four-wheeler down the road into the woods where I feel Native Americans mm -hmm. to, I don't know, cooking. There's no hierarchy in this space because everything is pure, blissful contentment. All of life is a gift. And I've known this space was real, but living it for two and a half weeks. And when I was in it, I could, I, like I said, the separate self would come in, the self that believes it's separate, the ego, the identity. This is a world created from that. Capitalism is created from that. This is all created from that. Wake up, override the system, shove yourself with coffee and stimulants to go, 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 get through the day, do, 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 anything not to feel. Because if we all sat and got off our medications and just felt what the fuck was there and didn't hide with sugars and energy drinks and sugar's fine, but I'm saying like we usually eat processed foods and stuff. All of this numbs it down, shoves it down. If we all just sat with ourselves for like a month, what would become possible? What would we see? What would we uncover? I think the system would collapse. We're not meant to slave away in this unsustainable fucking slave system that's been created. Yes, you may find your joy and bliss there, and that's amazing because it's true. When we rest in a state like well, the state I'm speaking of, it doesn't matter if you're a waitress or um, a grocery store bagger. If you rest in that peace and that's what your soul is authentically telling you to do to serve, every moment is a freaking gift pure I, I feel like I could go be a waitress again just for fun because I know the right beans would drop in my field at the right time quote-unquote right but the most aligned time so that the wisdom that flows through me can be directed to them in ways that they will receive and vice versa mirrors for me too I get to be in service in that way but it's like what are what's our soul authentically asking for us to do do we have a job because our souls like this is why you incarnated? This is how you are meant to serve? And are we resting in a blissful experience of like pure gratitude and fulfillment for getting to show up in that way? Or is it out of fear because one has to make money to pay the bills and they have to do it? That's feeding a system of the triangle of, of, of um, chains around one's being. It's not actual freedom. And freedom's available now. And I think that's the ultimate essence of everything I'm speaking of. Resting in freedom. <laughs> and when you're one is in freedom, it's like, how could it be anything but that? 
but then it's the like, journey of forgetting because I go from that to forgetting, then remembering, then forgetting, then remembering again and again and again and again. But how do I be with myself in every moment of it? Can I be the loving awareness of the dance? <sighs> yeah. I, when I was in this ashram-like experience, <laughs> I was sitting outside under the stars one night and I was like really deep in meditation. I was like far out there. And I received so many downloads of, of what I could do to that. It was a it's a tiny farming town. What medicine I could be for this town. And then all these downloads about how one person who steps outside of their ego enough to rest in the expanse and the bird's eye view of what's unfolding and, and remain grounded in their self in that way, what can come through to influence the whole is like, is like louder than a hundred people who are quote unquote asleep and just regurgitating the programming. So basically, in a nutshell, one person can create extreme change. And I know that I'm already doing this. I am creating change just by holding space for clients in one-on-one -on -one calls and in these containers. The feedback that I get is profound and I'm grateful and honored to be able to craft spaces of that nature for people to remember. But what if I could influence an entire town how does that ripple out? So I was getting all these downloads about this town and what I could do there. It was crazy, one after the next, all of these timelines playing out, if I so chose to. And then every time since then that I've really dropped back into that meditation and entertained me accepting this mission that it feels, it feels like it will only be a blip of a mission to me basically show myself what I can do and show other people in this collective what's possible when one steps outside. The thing is, I'm, surround, I, I'm in a realm with a lot of spiritual beings who have stepped out of one matrix but into another matrix, the spiritual matrix, guised as um, healing, sovereignty, and awareness, but it's just another version, just less trapped. Um, so... It, like I was saying, when I meditate into that space of accepting and taking on this mission, crazy things happen. I was talking to Hisha all about what I'm saying, but really in detail with it. And then a tiny little cricket was making the most insanely loud noise in the house. It was so loud, like an alarm was going off. And we were like, what the fuck? Where is that? And it was right in the corner, a tiny little cricket. I'm like, okay, got it. I got it. I'm getting the messages again and again. A tiny little thing can make the most noise, the most change. And what if we had one expansively conscious, aware being that was like surrendered into the realm of quote unquote God or the universe or the quantum field, like holding their self but not being the identity. What if we had one of those in like every city across the United States? Every town. Maybe like 50 in bigger cities. What would become possible then? But if it was authentic to their soul's mission, you know, like, but when we surrender, when one surrenders, we have no idea what would feel authentic because it's beyond the mind. I would have never thought that my soul's authentic mission would be leaving this paradise in the jungle with land that so many people would pay three times what we paid for, for, for because they come up here and they're like, this is insane. This is paradise. People don't want to leave. 
I'm like, look, I made it, I did it. But my mission is like, no, you're going to this tiny, Ahisha said to me one time, did I say this in a last podcast? I always think I repeat my stuff. Maybe I do. Ahisha said to me one time, no one wants to go to a tiny, f everyone wants to come to spaces like this. Oh, Bali, or oh, look, I, I feel called to Costa Rica, I feel called to this. She's like, no one gets called to a bumfuck little tiny, like, hoedig town, you know, or a mining town where she's from. But that's exactly what I'm being called to do. And it's so exciting and fulfilling. Like, I, I feel lit the fuck up. Like, yep, take it all. Let's do it. <laughs> what can I do when I surrender into the flow that flows through me? I get to be surprised at how I get to show up and serve in the impacts and ripples that I get to make. Here comes the rain again, if you can hear it. Let it wash ya, limpia, limpia. Yeah. What is your life, how is your life calling you to authentically show up? If you're a mother or a father, how can you show up in full devotion to those children? Not overstepping yourself, being your sovereign being while devoted to the child that birthed itself through your portal? How can you be in devotion to that sacred mirror of your husband or your wife? How can you tend to that household as if it's the most sacred temple that has been gifted to you? How can you tend to your own emotions like they are the greatest gift you've ever experienced in your life? anger, rage, resentment, sadness, how can you hold the one inside of yourself that experiences sensation and create the space for them to flow through? How can you love yourself? How can you let yourself feel what wants to be felt so that it can move through and more energy can flow through your body, more inspiration, more life force, more knowing of your path and your journey and why you're here? I'm so grateful to get to experience myself in my endless spiral of becoming and grateful for the courage that it takes to be willing to look. Most of us don't want to look. We rest upon the surface, like I spoke of earlier, the surface story of something that's arising within us, other, quote unquote, other, the person in the field that's bringing up the emotion or the trigger they are a mirror reflecting back what's inside, asking to be seen. You know, someone can go their whole life with being triggered by the same things in different people, different beings, different characters will plop into the field to reflect back something that's within. And instead of looking inside, it's just pointing the finger at that person. The more evidence one has in their field that they gather, then the more they can just make that person wrong or make the circumstance wrong or make their boss wrong at their job or their whatever it is, instead of addressing what's underneath, inside the body. Oh, I'm just gonna shove this down and, and keep doing this and keep doing this and keep doing this. It takes courage to really walk the path of self-awareness because it's radical responsibility you know, I talk about this before and I just feel to dip into it again here. Uh, it's, you know, not stepping over if someone does something where we would be pointing the finger out because like someone comes up and slaps you in the face. You could play victim and just like talk crap to everyone and be like, can you believe they did that? Or you can 
look at yourself and be like, okay, what am I really angry at? I'm angry that I didn't say anything. I'm angry that, and this is a crazy example. It could be subtle, like a boss yelling at you at work. I like to use that example a lot because that's what I did for, for years. I had a boss that yelled at me constantly and I never stood up for myself. I constantly stood over, stood like stepped over me and then I'd bitch to everyone else. She's such an asshole. She's so this, she's so that. She literally would scream in my face and spit. It would, I could feel her spit and I stayed. Not only did I stay, I was the middleman between her and everyone else at the restaurant. So the anger was not really at her. It was at me because I never listened to myself and I constantly stepped over myself. So this, this path is just constantly looking inward, constantly taking responsibility and constantly shifting. But when we're surrounded by people in this agreement reality where we can stay hidden, it feels quote unquote easier, quote unquote safer. But I'm committed to self-actualization. So to have my prayers answered in this way I'm really realizing it in a, on a whole new layer on this podcast. So I'm really grateful for the, for the space to realize like my prayers have been answered in so many ways. Everything with Sage like answered beyond my wildest dreams. Everything that's unfolding here is like so humbling, filling me with so much gratitude that I get to walk this path and learn in this way. This being who dropped in, I was praying for someone just like this. And this person is beyond that. And I, I get to experience this. I get to experience myself through this. Praying, please. I said this and I'm going to say it again because I'm just like, wow, look, Sophia, it's here. What you've wrote down under full moons, like, and then just kept moving on with your life. One step in front of the other, one step in front of the other. And look, here you are. Keep walking in reverence, in prayer. Keep putting your intention out. Keep fine-tuning your magnet so it can just magnetize back in because that's all I'm doing. And here it is. Magnetize back in. Exactly what I was calling for. Let my path, the next steps be undeniable. And they couldn't be more clear which is what I needed because I was so uncertain. The path was a little, a little misty and there were so many roads available. And I'm like, which one, which one? I don't know, I don't know. And I just kept bringing my human back to like, Sophia, honey, I know you wanna know. And we're gonna rest in the unknown right now. And we're going to believe, anchor in a deep belief in knowing that the path will be clear. So I'd make some prayers, full moons, I'd anchor that back in again, new moons, anchor that back in. Write it in my journal. My prayer is to have my path be so crystal clear, I don't even doubt my steps. And I will surrender and walk. Reveal the way, show me the way, and I will walk. And the path opened up, and the path that lay, is laid out in front of me fills my being in a way that I have dreamt of to be this nourished on every level. My inner child, I've never felt my inner child so nourished this way. It's an environment that my inner child, my inner children get to play, get to explore, get to experience. And the energy that I'm shifting into is like the, the home space of what my inner children have always wanted but never had. So all parts of me get to be fed by the life that is laying out in front of me because I've done the work to allow myself to be here. And I still see how traumas of the past come up and they want to like 
um, create chaos within the peace because it's so much peace and contentment that it's like, whoa, this doesn't feel safe. So I'm parent reparenting those parts so that all of me can fully rest there because I'll watch and I'm the awareness watching the parts of me that are like, nope, fuck this. We got to create chaos. Let's stir shit up a bit. So I'll create it in myself. And then with that other being around, I would want to project it out to have someone else agree with me in the agreement reality because then if he entered it into me, in, entered into that um, agreement reality with me and created drama, then I could place it on that. See this and this and this instead of just coming back to myself and seeing like, oh, I'm trying to create chaos because a lot of my inner children feel safe in chaos because I've grown up in it and it's what I've known and I actually don't know how to exist in pure peace. Huh. It's time. It's time. And so into the next chapter of my existence I go. And it's going to look like the most quote-unquote mundane one on the outside, but it's the most absolutely epic existence I could have ever created. And again, I'm saying this on a mountainous jungle overlooking a crystal clear river with community all around me, loved ones. There's a retreat center here I can, I can work. Um, I can offer any of my offerings out that I want to with soul family that have become like, oh, I should do a podcast on them one day. The, the most amazing beings that I love with all of my heart. And so it feels good to be in a place that like this and to have this knowing on a cellular level of moving to a space that most people would be like, what? This makes no sense. But when you rest in a surrenderance that's beyond mind into the, the field of the all, a lot of it doesn't make sense because you go on pure knowing and intuition, which is knowing. But it's the most fulfilling. Also, quantum leaps happen here like continuously in the sense of when you surrender into that which is beyond mind, it can go super fast. Timelines just speed up. And some things that from a mind's perspective should take like years can take like days. Things just drop in like that, unfold like that, wisdom like that. I mean, it's a trip. And I'll share more about that soon. There's a lot I'm keeping secretive in this. Not secretive, but like knowing that future podcasts will be best to reveal more of what wants to be said in the realms that I'm now playing in. So I thank you for tuning in with me. I have a practice that I'd love to share with you that supports one in, in shifting out of stories or out of quote unquote traumas or things that are playing out and into a more expansive realm where one can rest in the neutral mind. So if you email me at sophia at kundaliniCoaching.com, I'll send it to you. Just try it and see what shifts you can create. It really supports working with the mirrors of life so much more, um, quote unquote, easily. <laughs> it does. Yeah, I have, I have a few really potent podcasts coming down the hatch. One about how we are magic um, and things like seeing auras and reading energy and telekinesis and 
um, talking to spirits or just like it's like breathing and we each have our own gift but it's the part of our mind that's like oh no I can't do that or that's impossible that's the only blockage and we're all like superheroes so we're going to get into that and all about that it's going to be really fun and Run really wants to come through about ayahuasca ayahuasca mapacho cacao barape all of these medicines I've been uh, on the ayahuasca path for 12 years now, but this year is the first year in all this time that I have committed to sitting out of the space as I've been a consistent helper in the Malocas for about this entire time, but for almost every week, especially the last two years. And it was a very massive part of my life. A lot of who I am and, and what's in my life stemmed from my medicine family and medicine families from all over the world. Um, but there's a lot that came through and, and wants to come through teachings and transmissions from these plants. So that will be a fun one too. But if you have any topics, email me also. I love to hear from you all. It's been so nour nourishing to have your reflections on what this podcast has been for you. Just me sharing whatever wants to flow through, like you receive it and the seeds that are planted and the way that they grow through and the awareness that it brings. It's such a, a gift that keeps giving to have that reflected back. Um, so if you feel called to share, I'd love to hear. And if you have a, like I said, a topic, message it to me and we'll riff on it. I want to hear what you all are desiring to hear. And if you resonate with me and you're feeling to go deeper, I do feel that there are a few new beings in the realm that I will work one-on-one -on -one with. I haven't accepted new one-on-one -on -one clients in a little bit now, but I'm ready to reopen to that. So if you feel called to a deep personal dive, we go deep together. We're entering into a relationship where we are merging on all realms to bring more of the authentic truth through. Um, reach out to me. I'm also about to start another online container with a group. So... And I also have classes that just support shifting to the neutral mind, balancing the nervous system, coming home to our sovereignty. Everything that I talk about, practices that support us in embodying it. If you resonate with me and you feel called to go deeper, reach out. Sophia at kundalinicoaching.com. I am in service to you and to myself through our relating. Because we are mirrors. Anything that comes through is wisdom for both of us. That's why I love these spaces. So thank you for being here, for, for listening this through. Your energy really creates these spaces in the non-linear realm in which we dance. You create me creating you, creating me, and so on and so forth. <laughs> but that's a, a topic for later. <laughs> so if you're open to it, let's breathe. Relax your body, even if you're in the car. Go ahead and take a deep breath in, expanding yourself internally as you inhale. Holding your breath when your body's full. Letting it go. Again, bring it back in. Hold.
Let it go. One more. Breathe it in. Hold. May any pieces that are meant to be integrated into the individuals that are listening integrate with ease. Exhale. Thank you for being here. Thank you for your energy, your listening, your support. I'll see you soon. <laughs>